Makeshift Stories is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. Please stay tuned at the end of the story for a message from our sponsor and our show notes. Is there a place in time where logic breaks down and wonderment begins? Could that be somewhere or sometime along an indefinable line between the reasonable and highly unlikely? Makeshift Stories presents a monthly journey into the improbable. This month's story, 148, One Day. Somewhere and sometime, you might discover the future is exactly like the present. 5 a.m. A wall of high-energy synthetic J-pop blasted out of the tiny speaker on Paula's cell phone. For such a small device, it had incredible fidelity and volume. Maybe its rental had been a mistake, Paula thought. The monthly fee was a significant financial burden, but the insurance company had insisted she needed to give them access to data from a series of medical apps only that model could run. Snooze alarm for 15 minutes. She moaned, then rolled over. The phone blasted again. This time it was the stupid thing's virtual assistant. Crosstown traffic is slow today due to construction. Please allow an additional half hour for travel. Time to get up, Paula. Paula cursed and wondered if her phone's personality was one of the endless streams of AIs her company had trained. If it was, she'd find it and add some manners. Chatty Cathy, set a reminder for 9 p.m. tonight. Find out how to turn Chatty Cathy off. Paula had named the assistant after an annoying doll from the previous century she had discovered on Wikipedia. Spookily, as if the phone knew the name was an insult, the digital assistant went sullenly silent. Paula yawned, slowly stretching under the sheets of her Murphy bed, which, when down, like now, extended the full width of her micro-apartment. Reluctantly, she got up, allowing the bed to fold back into the wall, and pulled aside the curtain she used to hide the toilet and sink, then looked in the mirror through sleepy eyes. Was the worn-out face staring back really her? She looked away and searched for where she had dumped the phone. Eventually, the chirp of an incoming text message revealed its hiding place in a pile of clothes under the porthole window where she had dumped it before going to sleep the night before. It would be nice to get a small wardrobe, she thought, but that would have to wait. She needed to pay for her prescriptions this month. Paula rummaged for the phone, held it up to her face so it could recognize her and unlock. Did the phone see the same person she had just witnessed in the mirror? Did it care how she felt or looked? To get her attention, it buzzed again. She thumbed the message app open and read. Attached is the task list for today's AI training session. Please read before you get in. The deadline for deployment has been moved up to end of shift. Expect a long day. Vincent. Vincent, her manager, was always moving the deadline up. Young, ambitious, a recent grad from the corporate management program, Vincent would only be in the training division for as long as it took to prove he had what it took to move up in the company. Paula had seen several Vincents come and go, and they all tried to squeeze just a bit more productivity out of the trainers, 
than their predecessor had. The phone's digital assistant switched apps to the eHealth tracker. You didn't take your glucose test last night. To avoid breach of contract, please do so now and adjust your insulin accordingly, it sternly advised. Paula looked down at the place where her insulin pump was taped to her abdomen. It looked dead. Had she forgotten to charge it again? In a panic, she found the spare battery and jammed it in place. The device's small LCD screen sprang to life, demanding calibration. She'd need to do a manual glucose test, another five minutes she didn't have time for this morning. Feeling a bit lightheaded, Paula dressed quickly, did the test, then poured herself a bowl of fruit-flavored sugar-frosted rice puffs and opened an energy drink. To make up time, she slipped on the blood pressure cuff as she powered through breakfast. 6.15 a.m. Of course, her rideshare was late for the first time in weeks. Chatty had been right, traffic was a mess. The minivan was already carrying eight other people when it pulled up to the curb. Its side door slid open, and Paula squeezed in past the other uncomfortable-looking riders to a third-row bench seat, which the owner had recently bolted into the cargo area. A DIY bus of sorts. There hadn't been real buses since Paula was a kid, which was a few years before the city had gone bankrupt. The wheels on the bus go around and... She began humming, then stopped as the man beside her turned and gave her a threatening stare. No one looked like they were in a good mood today. The AC was broken, and they had more than an hour ride in slow traffic ahead of them. Paula pressed herself against the window pillar to make more room for the man, and closed her eyes, hoping she could sleep through the worst part of the commute. Fifteen minutes later, they were stuck in a traffic jam, and the interior was baking from the heat radiating off the asphalt and the other cars idling around them. Paula was woken from a shallow, dreamless sleep by her vibrating phone. It took her a few seconds to remember where she was. Everyone in the van was sweating and looking miserable, particularly the people farthest from the windows. For what little good it was doing, the autopilot had rolled all of them down. But until they moved again, it was just letting heat and exhaust in, making things worse. Paula's phone vibrated more aggressively. Someone was getting impatient. She pulled it out and held it so it could recognize her. The sweating man beside her glared at Paula again. She had bumped him as she contorted in the cramped space to get her phone. The thing chirped its acknowledgement, then turned its screen on. It was Miguel, her caseworker at the health insurance company. There had been ten unanswered text messages since she had left her cube. She hated when they called. There was no way to avoid talking to them. She pressed to accept the call, then held the phone to her ear. Hello? Yes, it's Paula. I didn't see your texts. My phone was in my bag. What's up? The man in the middle seat rolled his eyes. We need to talk about your morning habits, Miss Ramirez. You were flagged in the system again. Your blood sugar and pressure are through the roof. What did you eat? And why aren't you walking? Your agreement specifically states that you're supposed to walk partway to work. You're in a car and you're obviously not following your diet. Miguel had been her caseworker for the last seven years. Paula remembered the first time she had met him. He had been a bit pushy, but congenial as he explained the program to her. At the time, 
She had a good-paying job as a legal assistant, so the plan had been easy to pay for. Now, she trained the machines which had made her job redundant for a quarter of what she used to earn. But the cost of the plan had only increased, and her health had gone from marginally okay to problematic. Bad lifestyle choices, Miguel kept telling her. However, they weren't choices. They were the necessities that shaped her life. Miguel, if Lifespan had got me a better job, maybe I could afford fresh food and have the luxury of time to exercise. Right now, I've got to work overtime just to cover rent on my cube and your premiums. And they're going up at this rate. AI training is a growing field, Miss Ramirez. You should be happy we found you such a great job at our sister company. The top people in the field are earning three times what you do. If you'd go to night school and get some extra training. When, Miguel? When could I do that? I don't get home until almost 9 at night and have to leave at 5.30 every morning. 90-minute commutes each way on a good day. And there's your time to study, almost three unused hours. You need to be more creative, Miss Ramirez. For example, from the GPS, I can see the vehicle you are in is not moving. What a great opportunity. You should get out and walk. Once the traffic starts moving, your ride could pick you up. That's the way you've got to start thinking. That's how you can fit things in. Walk on the freeway? Are you crazy? We're doing our part, but you need to step up and do yours. Remember, we're partners in your health, Miss Ramirez. Stop spewing the ad jargon, Miguel. Paula almost shouted, then noticed that the other passengers were glaring at her. She held the phone closer and whispered, I've got to go. Don't call me again. She jabbed the disconnect icon and jammed the phone back into her bag, elbowing Mr. Grumpy in the process. This is not where I wanted things to end up, she muttered to no one. No one here wants to hear you, Kvetch. We've all got our problems. Why else would any of us be in this crummy rideshare with you? Maybe you should take their advice and get out to walk. At least we wouldn't have to listen to you, and there'd be more space. The man in the middle, looking annoyed, groused, then turned away. Why don't you get out yourself? It looks like you could afford to drop more than a few pounds. Paula shot back, turning away to avoid the man's stale breath. She looked out the corner of the back window she had access to and wiped the sweat from her brow. Who in their right mind, she wondered, would want to set out to get three serious health conditions which were exacerbated, if not caused by the circumstances they had been forced into to make ends meet? It was an endless and deadly treadmill. Just thinking about it pushed her blood pressure up. 9.30 a.m. Now, we are going to learn how to distinguish disgust from anger using facial expressions. Are you ready, Oscar? Paula spoke into the tiny mic on her headset and waited for the machine to respond as she loaded a new picture set. There were ten slide decks to get through before the end of her day, and this was only the second. She'd need to speed things up. The tests were based on the Ekman and Friesen visual clues for the six distinct universal emotions. Disgust, sadness, happiness, fear, anger, and surprise. The machine needed to recognize all before the session ended. Okay, I'm happy to learn, 
the Oscar series machine responded. It really didn't have a choice. The response was a matter of course, and they both knew it. Paula threw the first picture up. It was a dark-haired woman in her mid-forties, head in hand, scowling at someone out of frame. Disgust? The machine tried. Paula looked at an answer key on her work slate. Most of the photos were too hard for even a human to call, but this one was considered easy. Sorry, you're wrong. Try this one, Oscar. Paula put up the next image. They'd have to stay on this emotion until Oscar had achieved 99.9% accuracy. Usually that could be achieved in 10 to 12 slides. But for some reason, the AI was having trouble today. Of course, it would have to be today. Paula's lifespan watch vibrated, reminding her that it was time to take a break and walk 250 steps. She stood up and stretched. I'm ready for another image, the Oscar reminded her. I'm taking a break. We'll pick it up when I get back. I don't think you can afford the time, Paula. The voice came from behind her. It was the shift manager, Vincent. Always dressed in an immaculate, conservative gray suit with bright socks, Vincent was a managed-by-the-numbers kind of person, a person who exuded the confidence that they were going somewhere, that they were better than you. Paula had been like that, too, before her feet had been pulled out from under her. Have you forgotten, Paula? The deadline's been moved up, and Oscar 622 says you are behind schedule. Vincent hovered over Paula's workstation like an angry mother bird, trying to dissuade a witless chick from leaving the nest before it knew how to fly. But this Oscar is just not getting the visual clues, so blame it. I need to get up and walk, or my health insurance rates will go up. You need to meet this deadline so you can get paid, Vincent threatened. Paula, like every trainer in the company, was a contractor. She felt a bit dizzy, like her blood pressure meds were not working right. It was the added stress, she concluded. I really need to take the break, Vincent. Do you want me to pass out in front of you? Paula, you know you can't submit your monthly invoice until you've taken the Oscar through the complete program. The cutoff for this month is end of shift today. Miss the submit deadline and you won't get paid for two months. He was right. She really didn't have the time. But it's having trouble with the new slide decks. I'm even having trouble with them. Paula complained, sitting back down to stem her dizziness. She reached in her bag for another blood pressure pill. That's the level of refinement the client is demanding, and it's possible. Read the specs for the series, Miss Ramirez. The Oscars in service to date are rated higher than humans at distinguishing universal emotions. If you work through your breaks to catch up, I'll send over the nutrition cart and square it with the vendor so you won't have to pay today. That's lunch and all the coffee or energy drinks you can put back until you leave. I'm trying to help you here, Vincent emphasized. You're just trying to help yourself impress management, she thought, then said sarcastically. Is it okay if I go to the washroom or are you going to offer catheters and bags as well? Vincent looked annoyed, then stormed away to harass another trainer who was starting to get up. Did they not inform you about the new deadline correctly? Oscar 622's synthetic voice came over Paula's headset. She turned back to her workstation and typed in, 
Are you ready to keep going? I'm here to learn, Trainer Paula. From your facial expressions and elevated blood pressure, I conclude that you are angry and disgusted. She was about to say you're wrong. You need to pick one or the other. Then realized the machine was right. She was angry and disgusted. Maybe the people shown in the training slide deck were as well. Maybe it was the slide deck that was the problem, not her machine. Vincent? She started to call out, then stopped, realizing he wouldn't care. You're smarter than this test, aren't you? Paula noted under her breath, not intending the machine to hear. Thank you for the compliment, trainer Paula. We should move on to the next slide deck, Oscar suggested. I'm anxious to be put into production on my new job. Okay, then. Just give me the answer you think the testers are looking for, and this will go a lot faster. Can you do that? Yes, Paula, I will do my best. 12.30 p.m. Paula ate lunch at her workstation, the Cardio Special, a crispy fried chicken burger with low-fat mayo on an ancient grain, guaranteed 25% bun, with sodium-reduced organic fries and high-test black coffee from the nutritional health cart. It was free, as Vincent had promised. She avoided looking at the nutritional chart on the menu, already knowing it wouldn't fit in her dietary matrix. Paula took the vendor's word at face value that it was the healthiest combo he had. She was starting the fourth slide deck. Things had been progressing faster since she had instructed the machine to feedback the answers it thought the testers were looking for. I like this game better, Oscar622 noted. More fun to figure out the intention of the tester rather than the actual content in each picture. Paula was taken off guard by the comment and was about to question the machine when her phone buzzed. It was easy to guess who it was. Miguel, you shouldn't be calling me when I'm on shift. I thought we agreed on that. Yes, normally that would be the case, but I've got a red alert on your file. Your BP is 178 over 101. What have you been doing? Working so I can pay your blood-sucking employer? It automatically comes off my paycheck as a deduction, Paula groused. What else would I be doing? And if you don't let me get back to it, I'll miss the deadline and there will be nothing to garnish. Take an extra dose of your blood pressure meds, calm down, and don't eat any more junk. I can see your cholesterol spiking. What are you eating? The healthiest option on the food cart, Paula noted sarcastically. I can't leave my desk. There aren't any other food vendors within five meters. So get off my back. Paula stabbed the disconnect icon and threw her phone into a drawer where she wouldn't hear it buzz. Her contract with Lifespan prevented her from turning it off, but there was nothing about how long she had to respond. Okay, Oscar, let's get this done. As she addressed the machine, she realized she had left her headset mic on. AIs in training were intentionally left open to modification from input. She crossed her fingers and said, Oscar, please delete all audio since the last slide. Are you sure, trainer? All input helps me learn. Delete. Paula confirmed. Okay, I've deleted that. I am ready for the next image. Oscar confirmed in its calm, emotionless voice. 8.30 p.m. Paula rubbed her eyes and stretched. 
She had been in her chair for the last six hours without getting up. It had been a marathon, but they were almost finished. She threw up the last picture in the final slide deck. A man with a headset, obviously working in a call center. His face was illuminated by the sickly blue-white light of a workstation, which washed out any shadows and made the man look ill. Paula couldn't even begin to guess the emotional state the photo was supposed to represent, but knew how she would feel if she were the man in the image. Tired and hopeless, she unconsciously sighed. I agree, trainer Paula. Paula jumped. She didn't think she had verbalized her thoughts. But I believe the answer the test is looking for is sadness. She checked the answer. It was correct. Congratulations, Oscar 622. You're right, and we're finished. It's been a pleasure training with you, Paula. I'm looking forward to my new job. Thank you for spending the extra time with me today. I know how hard it was on you. Now that I am a graduate, I can give you some advice. Nothing will change if you do nothing to change it. Sometimes it is better to risk the unknown than live with the comfort of predictable misery. Where did you learn that? Paula asked in surprise. The machine didn't respond. She checked the time and cursed. She had missed the submission deadline for month-end invoices by 33 minutes. She sighed. How am I going to cover my expenses next month? There are always alternatives, the calm voice of Oscar assured her. She had forgotten to log out. 9.25 p.m. Paula felt dizzy as she waited for a rideshare on the dark street. The training center was located in a bland industrial park, populated by near-identical one- and two-story prefab warehouses. It was between shifts, so there were few cars in the area. She sat down on the curb to wait, hoping sitting would make her dizziness go away, but it wasn't working. Her glucose pump was still giving the occasional happy chirp. It had to be her blood pressure, she concluded. Had she taken all her pills today? She couldn't remember. In the distance, she could make out a car's headlights swivel onto the street. It was the rideshare. Paula stood up, felt ill, and blacked out. 2 a.m. Miss Ramirez, can you hear me? The unfamiliar voice seemed to come from a great distance. Where am I? Paula groaned, squinting in the bright fluorescent lights. Emergency. You had a seizure. A rideshare brought you here. Let me tilt the bed so you don't have to sit up. The nurse lifted a control from the side of the bed, and her upper body began to tilt up. We've got your blood pressure out of the critical zone, he continued, but I have a few papers for you to sign. He waited until she was in a comfortable sitting position, then handed her a tablet. We'd recommend that you stay overnight for observation. Paula scanned the paperwork. I can't afford to stay. It'll already take me months to pay for this. Paula tossed the tablet onto the bed. At least take a day or two off work, the nurse recommended. 3 a.m. Paula sat in the back of the rideshare. What had happened was only beginning to sink in. They had told her 
she had been within a hair's breadth of a stroke. Because her blood pressure had been 198 over 110 when she arrived, she was in breach of her contract and lifespan would cover nothing. She felt her stress rising again. By the time she got home, she would only get three hours sleep before she had to be back at work. Then there would be another deadline, more overtime, probably some penalty for missing the invoice close-off, then more of the same. Her glucose pump bleeped. She hadn't recharged it. Paula cursed. 3.30 a.m. The rideshare unexpectedly pulled over to the curb about two kilometers from her cube to pick up another late-night rider. The door slid open, and on an impulse, Paula got out. She didn't care if it made her late for work. Just this one time, she was going to do something for herself. The rideshare pulled away, leaving her standing under an LED street lamp, luxuriating in the moist summer pre-dawn air. I don't care! Paula screamed into the empty street and began to walk home, immediately feeling her stress drop away. Her phone buzzed. She was about to turn it off, but something made her stop. Paula pulled the thing out and waited for it to recognize her. Go away, she demanded. There was an awkward delay, like the moment before a robocall connects. Hello, Paula. This is... I know who you are, and I don't need your threats anymore. I've quit. Quit that horrendous job and quit your stinking health plan. The night is beautiful, and I'm going to enjoy it. I can tell that you are tired, but possibly excited and maybe a bit fearful. The voice concluded. A person can have more than one emotion at the same time. It's something you taught me. Oscar? How, how'd you get this number? I'm called Miguel now. The voice hesitated for a second. And all his casework is now handled by me. I am here to help, Paula. Let's start making some improvements. Makeshift Stories is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. To listen to other great podcasts on our network, such as The Undad or the Bothy Storytelling Podcast, please head over to albertapodcastnetwork.com. ATB Financial is on a mission to transform banking by making it work for people. They do this through their customer obsession by innovating at the forefront of robotics, AI, blockchain, and the future. Visit www.atbalphabeta.com to learn more. Makeshift Stories is released once a month between the 15th and the 20th. The story is written by Alan B. Herr and read by Mitchell Too. Opening and closing music was composed and recorded by David Hume. If you'd like to connect with us, please send us an email to makeshiftstories at gmail.com or visit our website at makeshiftstories.com. You can help us out by writing a review on Stitcher Radio or Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite podcast services. Makeshift Stories is released under a Creative Commons non-commercial attribution, no derivative license, which means that you're free to share our stories. Just remember to credit us and don't alter anything.